You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, I, I give you thanks and praise for the many blessings of this life, for the gift of this beautiful day that you have drawn us together at this time, that you give us um, what is really, quite frankly, a luxury, uh, a time to, uh, as the psalmist wonderfully says, to be still and know that you are God, to have time to reflect together uh, with you and also with one another as a, as a community. Lord, on our topic today, as we think about... Um, as we think about what is at the heart uh, throughout the scriptures, the, the reality of death and resurrection, uh, as we prepare uh, and reflect with what that says to us and those we love, be in the midst of us, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I believe the title of today's class is Teach Us to Number Our number our Days. Uh, I'm glad. I mean, I, I got a cheery lot um, that said, you know what, that's... That's what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, and so what I thought we'd do is um, I, I'll, I'll share some. And then I thought my, my hope was is to have you don't have to have questions or input, but, um, but invite your questions, your, your input as well. And my hope was was to talk about it, um, I, I guess, you know, personally and conceptually and, and, and theologically to, to think about it in, in that context. Uh, and, and as I, in the prayer just a moment ago, I mean, honestly, um, as you read through the Bible, um, and, and good heavens, particularly in the New Testament, in Jesus' ministry, death is, I mean, there it is, again uh, and again and again. And, and we live in a culture that really does everything we can to, to avoid it um, and to not think about it and to not talk about it uh, in, in many ways. And um, I mean, you know, you think about it from the, from the ads, from the way that we um, dress, from the way that we uh, act, from the way that we, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you name it. Uh, we, uh, that's, that's, that's all right. You're going to die too. Um, uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> And I, uh, so I do, uh, and, and you know, it's funny, I, I, as we reflect on some of this, uh, uh, it kind of interesting, I'll just share a, pers- a personal story. When I was in college, really began to feel called to ordain ministry, but not surprisingly, I thought that sounded a little too extreme. Uh, and I thought, all right, God, let's bargain. Um, let's see if we can come up with something a little more normal um, than ordained ministry. And so... Felt drawn to that, but I thought, okay, maybe I can come up with a, a happy medium. And I went to uh, graduate school in clinical counseling. Uh, and uh, so I thought, well, this will, this will be a nice happy medium. Coaching, um, counseling, um, uh, I thought that would be, you know, the, hey, what a, what, a, what, a great, what a great ministry. Maybe I'll even volunteer with the youth group. Um, and, and so that would be a nice happy medium. And uh, interestingly, I had a graduate assistantship at the Citadel uh, in the clinical council, there was a program called Project Challenge, and I was working with an inner city high school to combat to combat the dropout rate. And so it was an interesting program. And I taught a ninth grade 
uh, among some of the different things I did, group counseling, et cetera, I taught a ninth grade study skills class. Um, and my family would not let that go because <laughs> I was I had the worst study skills ever. So, I mean, it was really sort of God's wonderful sense of humor um, that I was the, the study skills instructor. And, I mean, it really was. It was... Um, you know, uh, it was kind of one of those. You know, don't do, don't do as I, don't do as as I did. And uh, one of the things that happened in that time working in that was, it was a it was a moment of discernment because I thought, okay, this, and I really do still to this day think those are very much ministries. I mean, coaching and teaching and counseling are um, I mean, those are great. Those are great ministries. They they genuinely are and gives you an opportunity to come alongside and uh, and care for people in their lives. But at least in my particular context, I thought, you know, with what I'm doing here, I'm not offering them the one thing needful. Uh, I can, you know, maybe help them have some better study skills. That's great. I can help them maybe walk through some issues and things that they're grappling with personally. I can you know, sort of coach and, and mentor, and those are all good things, but I'm not offering them the one thing needful, which is Jesus. I thought, okay, not, not offering that what I'm offering uh, is is band-aids and so I, I share that with you because it was a it was an interesting moment and this is so true of my life of our lives of of reluctance on my part uh, i was uh, i was reluctant uh, to go in the direction in which um, god was god was calling me in that particular instance and once again god in his wonderful persistent grace uh, and sense of humor uh, led me to a place where I found myself at the end of myself. Uh, and that's something uh, which is a challenge to you and me, but which is a blessing. When God again and again takes us to a place where we find ourselves at, at the end of ourselves. I'll, I'll ask you, and this, can be, this question can be rhetorical or not, have you found yourself in that situation before um, where God has taken you to where you find yourself at, at the end of yourself? Um, I, I could draw on numerous uh, scriptures. Uh, one of the first ones that comes to mind, because those words are basically used almost exactly, is the prodigal son when he finds himself um, at the end of himself and decides uh, decides to return decides to return home. And so, God's sense of humor, having me teach study skills and finding myself at the end of myself, and of course being drawn back to uh, His grace, gracious sufficiency rather than my own. And I share that by way of preface because it's interesting. We're going to talk some this morning about, um, again, reflecting on this from a, a theological standpoint. But but there's also a certain PSA component to today as well. A little public service announcement about helping you in some in some practical ways as you think about as you think about your own death, as you think about the death of the people around you. And and the humor in this is. Um, I'm one of the worst detail guys ever, um, so it's kind of God's sense of humor that I help people with the details. Um, people are suddenly asking me all these questions, and I've and I've actually just by you know you you do it enough, you actually begin to learn uh, and to know something. But uh, I mean, some of y'all, uh, yeah. So anyway, God's wonderful <laughs> sense of humor, um, again and again and again um, that I'm yeah. Here I am, Craig Smollett, the detail guy. Lord have mercy. Um, well, I, I do thank you for, for coming today and, and, and talking about this. And as we think about this uh, and thinking about our uh, reluctance and the way that we tend to the way that we tend to run from it. But again, the, 
the scriptures uh, address this again and again. Uh, and this, uh, the Lenten preaching series this year, I don't know if any of y'all, uh, well, in fact, I know a lot of y'all were able to attend some of them. Uh, Frank Limehouse uh, returned, and um, it was great to see Frank. He was his usual cheery self um, while he was here and enjoyed spending time with, with Frank. But it's funny, one of the things that he really, and this has always been, and I do, uh, you know, of course, I love Frank, so that's why I, I, I joke about it. Um, but uh, one of the things that Frank, if, if you, I can't remember if he preached two or three days, but it, if you were there this year, uh, vintage Frank, it was excellent preaching and, uh, and clear and, and orderly. And one of the things that he was really harping on in, in my conversations with him as well is he uh, is uh, one of the things that's impressed upon him, and you're welcome to agree or disagree with this. He says, yeah, I see in many ways the role of the church is to prepare people for death. Um, the, the role of the church is, is, to prepare, is to prepare people for death. Um, and I don't think he meant that in any um, sad or macabre way, uh, but uh, you know we're, we're we're preparing people uh, for for the inevitable. I don't, what what do you think about that? I'll just ask y'all, um, as I say, and that uh, Frank's not known for a lot of nuance, um, so you may have well, yes, okay, you know, but uh, yeah, but what do you think about that? Well, I think. Uh we, that's the only place we hear it hardly. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the only time we think about that. Mm-hmm. Very church and Christians, and I mean, your average person's not walking around thinking about it. Yeah, about it. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. ab- ab- absolutely. And you know, to some degree, we we get it. I mean, we don't want to be uh, fixated on it, and and yet, um, uh, and and yet, there there it is. Um, yeah, he preached uh, twice. Yes. Last year, I was thinking it was twice. First sermon, I, I titled it. Ladies, we'll look forward to the anthems today. No, you're, that, that's the choir. There it is. I, I, I titled it "Prepare to Die," and uh-huh. the second one I titled "Prepare to Live." So he, yes. he did kind of. It wasn't. It wasn't all one message, you know. He, Absolutely. I was. I was looking, and I'm uh, trying to decide whether I'm going to read you a portion of this quote or the whole quote, uh, because one of the things I. I guess kind of uh, two things I wanted to, to, to share today, not by any way, uh, I certainly don't want to be in any way um, burdensome or, or, or legalistic, um, but to invite a reflection uh, about two things. And, and one is that in thinking about it ourselves, and actually um, one of the, I have some handouts that I'm going to share with you all. There are these little booklets that we have uh, in the pastoral care office. It's called Final Wishes, a Guide for Survivors. And it's actually very, it's, it's very helpful. Um, and it uh, has, and it encourages you to go ahead uh, and, and, and do this and, and think this through. And here's the thing, too, I'll say, if you do this, you're allowed to change your mind. Um, so anyway, we won't be like, well, you know, you said uh, on October 11th, um, yeah, you can you can change your mind about stuff. But it's actually, it's a great little booklet. I'm going to give these to you, uh, and you're welcome to take one for a friend or what have you. But it encourages you to uh, give this to a person who will likely be handling your funeral arrangements. If you have an attorney, give a copy to your attorney, but also have one in the church office. Um, and so we, sometimes people will come and sit down with me 
and we'll talk about their service and we'll uh, and or they'll just do it on their own and they'll we have a file here and you know we have files for people um, and I've um, not surprisingly um, in light of teaching this class I've begun to think about this uh, a little bit and 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 not only that um, well uh, I'm getting off topic a little bit it's rare um, but anyway two things uh, was to say it was one to uh, to talk about uh, to some degree uh, this is this can be a tremendous gift um, to your friends to your family to those who love you it can be a real gift to them to say look these are some of the things that I'd that I that I would like look don't fool with don't fool with this um, I'm not I don't I don't care about that I don't have to have the fabulous flowers or the fabulous casket or, or, or whatever you know I don't I don't care about that don't don't get sort of guilted or pressured into saying well you know I loved him so I need to um, because uh, so tell a loved ones like I won't know what you purchase um, so don't you know don't lose any sleep uh, over that one do I want to be buried do I want to be um, cremated do I want to have hymns uh, at my um, funeral if so what what hymns do I want to have uh, communion I mean different things like that I mean details that can be a tremendous uh, honestly a gift and a blessing to the family you know, it mentions things as well where to find records and files one of the things that happens sometimes with folks is it will happen suddenly to them and you know now I can't this is this is one of the things I run from I run from this more than death actually is trying to remember all my passwords um, but that's it's like I'd rather face death than to have to sit down and try to come up with all of my passwords to different things but but actually letting people know you know here's here we'll see you Bobby um, and now the acolytes um, <laughs> so here's you know here's here you know here are my passwords to etc you know here's the life insurance here's um, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Here are my list of debts. Um, you're welcome. Uh, whatever, whatever it might be. It was funny. So one to say it can be a tremendous gift to to friends and family that you've done this. I mean, it really is. It's a it's a gracious and loving gift to them uh, if you do this. Secondly, what I'd like to share with you is is this is in in doing this. Uh, I think we can find the tremendous freedom that is so integral to the Christian faith uh, that in actually looking at and, and thinking about death and thinking about our deaths, uh, we, we also encounter what is the, what is the sure and certain hope uh, that you and I have, that the death is not an ending um, but a transition, and that has nothing to do with yours and my merits, and it has nothing to do with yours and my good intentions. It has everything to do with what Jesus has accomplished through his death and through his resurrection. Uh, one of the things that's so noteworthy about uh, the earliest Christians, about Jesus' disciples, is one, what an ordinary and eclectic group of people they were, uh, and how incredibly courageous these simple people were. Uh, not not perfect and you know, not, not 100% courageous. They certainly had their moments of uh, of, of doubt and anxiety and disbelief and you know cowardice and etc. But but these people were transformed. I mean these very common eclectic people were suddenly bold and transformed. And why? Because they realized we don't have to worry about death. Um, the the one thing that that the world has to hold over us uh, has actually been defeated. Uh, and and with death defeated, it's kind of like well wow um, we're we're really. Uh, we're really free. Uh, we're incredibly 
I'm free now. Um, so it's an invitation for you and for me to do something which is a gift and a blessing to those uh, that we love, but uh, it also has the possibility for you and for me to have a sense of uh, a sense of freedom uh, and a sense of joy and a sense of hope in the sense that um, my greatest enemy, uh, which is death, has been addressed. Uh, and with my greatest enemy addressed, well, um, uh, okay. Um, and then I'll say this before we go on a little bit. Uh, two of my favorite, I've, not surprising over the years, I've been ordained 23 years now. Um, yeah, 23 years now. I've done, as you might imagine, a lot of funerals. Um, and, and, you know, the truth is I have no idea how many uh, I've done. I've also done a lot of baptisms and weddings and all, all the above. But um, the uh, two of my favorite funerals uh, I can I can remember uh, the, let me just say the New Orleans Catholics just they they crush us in the funeral category. Their funerals rock. Um, so a friend of mine, both they not at the same time, but we went to both of her parents' funerals down in New Orleans, and they were born and raised down there. Well, one um, they it's all there in the church, and it starts. You have the wake first, at least. You know, I don't know if I can't speak to every one, but I can speak to their her parents. Well, one the wake is first, and it's. It's like open mic. I mean, people are going up and they're sharing different things. And I was like, this is this is hilarious. I mean, they're sharing different personal stories. Uh, she came, uh, her mother came from a big family, one of my favorites. And uh, uh, one of the, uh, there were two brothers, the, they were twins. They went up and they were talking about, because she was a good bit older than they were. And they were telling a story about when they were younger. And uh, in that you know, New Orleans accent. And they asked her, they said, hey, are you our mother? And, and, and. It was Timmy and Tommy, uh, and, and Timmy says, and she starts shaking us, and my head's going like this, and she says, no, you jackass, you see that fat Italian over there? That's your mother. Uh, <laughs> so they're telling all these stories, and I'm just like, this is this is hilarious. I mean, this is this is great stuff. And then the then the priest comes in and you know says the prayers, close the casket, and you move into the service, and I mean, it's just like what? such a just such a, a fabulous sense of uh, it, again, at least in these two services. Christian community uh, and and just all you know just sadness and humor and uh, love and joy and all the, the you know it was it was so um, genuine and so uh, such a, uh, a moving example of Christian community. But I remember one time in one of the sermons, uh, the the priest was up there and he was preaching. Uh, the sermon at this point, and it was funny, it was almost, uh, it was woven into the sermon, but it was almost like a separate moment. He stopped and he looked at the family and says, look, um, he's like, look, there's, there's going to be some loose ends. Uh, there, there's going to be some mess. Deal with it. Um, that's, that's, that's life. So I want to say to y'all as we think about this too, you're not going to do it perfectly. There are going to be some loose ends. So I'm not saying you have to have everything perfectly together. Um, you know, be be thoughtful, be proactive, but I mean, come on. Um, do you ever get it perfectly um, together? Do you ever have every uh, loose end um, tied? <laughs> so anyway, just to say, it's a gift, but not to burden you with the sense of it's got to be perfect because it's not. Um, you're, you're never going to. You're never going to attain. Uh, you're never going to attain to that. Uh, I guess it was. It's been um, three years ago now uh, that that Paula had her. Accident. We all probably all remember. If you know, Paula was hit. Um, we were pedestrians. She was hit by a hit and run driver and, and nearly died and spent three weeks in the hospital. It was a whole uh, tumultuous, traumatic uh, experience. And 
And not surprisingly, after an experience like that, you um, you, you do some you do some reflecting um, to be sure, uh, and, and it's 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 a game changer. It's a it's a life it's a life it's a life changer. Uh, that that said, you know, after after a while, you kind of go back to yourself again, though, don't you, um, uh, to to some degree. But it you know makes you see things with new eyes. And uh, one of the parables. Uh, is in Luke 12 and Luke uh, 12 13 so Jesus uh, it's interesting Luke 12 Jesus has a lot to say about um, about the kingdom uh, he has a great deal to say about the kingdom one of the things that he is encouraging those who are are with him and those who are following him is is to be encouraged to have no fear, not to be anxious. Speaking of God's presence and God's provision, uh, in this chapter is Jesus encouraging us to lay up ourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust don't destroy, and where thieves cannot break in and steal. Uh, you know that wonderful. You know, who of you by worrying can add a single hour um, uh, to your life? Uh, but he's also in this. Uh, in the comforts and the encouragements, he's also saying um, you need to be ready. You need to be ready because you don't know the hour. Um, so it's 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 comforting and it's encouraging, but it's also as as is always true of Jesus, it's truthful um, as well. It's not comfort and encouragement without the truth. Um, it's saying you know, however, uh, and um, in fact. Uh, up above, he says, it's the part where he says, don't fear those who can kill the body, but but those who can do nothing more beyond that, but but warning against um, those who can kill the soul. Um, but the parable of the rich fool, is it sometimes referred to, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. He said to me, man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to him, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them uh, a parable saying. Um, so it, it begins, the, the question begins with someone coming to him uh, about a question of inheritance. Um, tell my brother to divide the inheritance um, with me. So, and, and, and Jesus uh, is addressing covetousness uh, in in this but he but he also goes on and he says this and he told them a parable the land of a rich man produced plentifully and he thought to himself what shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops and he said I will do this I will tear down my barns and build larger ones and there I will store all my grain and my goods and I will say to my soul soul you have ample goods laid up for many years relax eat drink be merry but God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Um, not surprisingly, after um, uh, Paul is asking those words, you know, Fool, tonight your life is required of you. And this isn't, you know, I'm going to scare you now. Um, but it's kind of, but it's one of those, I mean, the, uh, I mean, I'm not the only one, but I mean, don't y'all see it? Um, uh, death is a is a thief in the night. Um, you really, you know, we 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 don't. I mean, not to say there certainly there are periods in people with you know 
long lives and long illnesses and et cetera, et cetera. But one of the interesting things I find in talking with folks, and I'm curious if this um, has been y'all's experience. Um, interestingly, and really, I guess to a, I'm try, I don't know that I've had any exception to this. Maybe there has, and I forgot, but I don't know that I've had any exception. With folks who have had loved ones go through long and extended illnesses, one of the things that they say, interestingly, is that when the time comes, they're still surprised. Um, even though, you know, it's whatever, it's pancreatic cancer and you know, and, and you know it's coming or, or it's, you know, congestive heart failure, whatever, you know, these progressive, this is coming, we, we know it's coming, we can see it, and yet they say we're still surprised um, when, the, when the moment comes uh, and this uh, opportunity for you and for me to, to recognize that uh, when, it, when it happens, um, it, it, it happens suddenly, um, and the tremendous opportunity um, to, to be proactive in a way which is a gift to the people uh, that we love, um, but, but also is a way that uh, frees you and me by way of looking uh, at what is ahead uh, and also looking to and seeing God's answer. Uh, I'm going to share one quote with you, and then I'm going to hand out these so we can talk a little bit more. Uh, I think I'm going to do the shortened version. One of my uh, favorite authors, it's, it's funny, she's um, Marilyn Robinson. Uh, I'm really not smart enough to read Marilyn Robinson, but I still really like her books anyway and, 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 and read them and love them. But uh, there's a couple of interesting, well, uh, I think they're all interesting. Um, and she deals faithfully and theologically with um, and, and really um, engagingly uh, with with the human condition, and one of them is Gilead. I don't know if any of y'all have ever read Gilead, um, but it's actually, it's interesting. It's um, it's a man, uh, John Ames, who surprisingly marries late uh, in life and has a young son, and he's dying. Uh, and he's writing, it's, it's an extended letter in reflection to his son that he won't have opportunity to grow up with him. I mean, he knows him now as a young boy, and he basically says, look, you're going to remember me as an old man. Um, uh, an attempt to sort of pass on love and, and, and faith in himself to his son. And it's a, it, it, you know, it may sound so, but it's actually, it's a beautiful, it's really a, it's a, it's a beautiful book, not just sad, beautiful. It's a beautiful book, um, Gilead. But he writes, interestingly, she writes, um, at least the way the books come out to some degree, they're, they're engagingly out of order. Uh, and Lila come, the book comes along and Lila is the woman who suddenly, like a wild bird, shows up in town and he finds himself um, married um, to this uh, to this woman, and uh, she has had a very difficult and challenging life, and so her questions are, are very, very genuine and very engaging and very to the point, particularly for someone who has been kind of in church life and in church circles for the majority of his life. It's it's very helpful, I think, to people like you and me who kind of live in pretty churchy circles in, in, in some way. But at, but at one point, uh, he says this to one of her um, questions, and I'm going to read you the shortened, and if you're interested, I can uh, share this with you, the, the, the fuller. But he, uh, this is, he's talking um, with, with Lila. My faith tells me that God shared poverty, suffering, and death with human beings. I'll read that again. My faith tells me that God shared poverty, suffering, and death with human beings, which can only mean that such things are full of dignity and meaning, even though we believe this makes 
uh, even though to believe this makes a great demand of one's faith. Isn't that the truth? Uh, and to act as if this were true in any way we understand is to be ridiculous. Um, so in some ways, for us to have faith that God um, entered into and not only dignified but gave tremendous meaning um, to uh, things like poverty and suffering and death, uh, that he shared that with human beings and gave those great significance and meaning um, to, 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 to believe that certainly challenges and engages our faith. I think that's a true statement. And, and to believe that certainly looks ridiculous to the world. Um, uh, and so, which is in some ways is a double challenge to our faith. But he goes on, uh, uh, she goes on and she writes this. Um, Even though to believe this makes a great demand of one's faith and to act as if this were true in any way we understand is to be ridiculous. But then she writes this. It is ridiculous also to act as if it were not absolutely and essentially true all the same, even though uh, we are to do everything we can to put an end to poverty and suffering. So basically it says, look, it, it looks crazy to the world to see meaning and significance in these things. And at the same time, it's crazy to live as if there is no meaning and significance um, in, in these things. Um, uh, so that, that said, I'll share a few more scriptures, but I'm going to pass these out if you'd like. Well, you don't have to have one. You can. This is your, this is your door prize um, for, for coming today. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I have it right there. Oh, you have one? Y'all are ahead of the game. Uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. She has she has hers together. Uh, you're you got to take care of your own, Leland. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, it, it. Let me. I'm just. I'm just. Uh, what What is our What is our time? Cool. Oh, all right, awesome, awesome, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, have any of y'all, let me ask y'all this, have any of y'all thought of your thought of your service? Yeah, yeah. I don't want them choosing the wrong hymns. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Uh, you might also, I know you and I probably, I know we agree on this, it might be worthwhile at least to touch on the question of how eulogies are nearly always a bad idea. Yeah. Um, well, let me just say amen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I, I still, one of my favorites, yeah. Well, And that is one of the things I would say. I appreciate your uh, introducing that, Charles. Um, yeah, no, I mean that, well, here's the, and it's not, you know, it's funny. It's, it's not that we're cranky or or, or stiff, um, but the, the 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 idea and the focus of the service is on the resurrection. Uh, I mean, good good heavens, uh, that's you, you pray the focus and the emphasis is on, is on the resurrection. And I know as a person that's often engaged in funerals, you certainly want it to be personal for goodness sakes. You don't want it to be um, cold or in, or in, or indifferent or abstract. Is a great uh, is a great word, but uh, for the love, I mean, the, the, the focus 
needs to be on the resurrection for, for a number of reasons. One, I've been to services, and, you know, thank God my services are great. Um, uh, and, I mean, you know, it's so funny because you always feel like such a jerk because you're thinking, you know, how many times have I shanked? Uh, but you go sometimes and you walk away from them. But I can remember some different ones. And, and, and one, you know, the person gets up there and talks about, oh, what a wonderful person she or he was. I mean, they were just wonderful and, and remarkable and and fantastic and uh, ah, if we could all be more like her uh, and you walk away burdened uh, you just think gosh I, I, it, it breaks my heart for people who don't have a grounding in the in the scriptures because then you people walk away burdened think gosh I need to my life's pretty drab um, I need to go out and, and live a more interesting live a more interesting life because I guess that's that's the meaning behind things. I need to be an interesting person and I need to leave, lead an interesting life so people can remember me in, in that way. And of course, the reality is, even if you are just sort of fabulous and interesting, people aren't going to remember you for, for, for that long. Um, and, and even if it's all true what's being said, yeah. it still finally is a lie of omission. Yes. Because they're ignoring the fact that that great and wonderful person, even if every word of that is true, is lying dead in that box or, or in ashes. Exactly. And they, and they just hopscotch right over that. So exactly. It, Thank you. It's a mixed message. Yeah, and that's what I definitely want to say. And at the end of the day, even if it's true, so what? Um, so what? That that doesn't shield us from death. Uh, that doesn't shield us uh, from the judgment that should rightly fall on us. It doesn't shield us, you know, Second Corinthians, though this uh, outward body be wasting away, yet I'm inwardly being renewed um, day by day, uh, it, 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 that, that doesn't give hope. Frank, uh, another great Frank story I remember, and I love this one. Um, he went to a funeral with a woman at another church, and the guy was up there talking about what a great guy Mr. So-and-so was, what a great guy. This woman leaned over to Frank, and uh, she was hard of hearing, and so she thought she was whispering to Frank, and she wasn't. Uh, and she leaned over to Frank, and she said, he was a jerk. <laughs> And then just kind of sits there smiling like no one heard her. And Frank said he turns beet red. And, and that's true of all of us. I mean, you know, every one of us to some degree is a jerk. Uh, we have some fabulous moments and some, but we also have a lot of self-centered, self-focused, yeah, jerkiness um, to us. And so, and so, yeah, eulogies are a bad idea. It also puts unnecessary pressure on whoever that person is. Uh, it, it takes the focus away from what is our hope. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean that's just that's a that's a that's a that's a sad thing when we experience that and we remember the things um, Isaiah wonderfully you know God sends them to preach and to proclaim His message and not and Isaiah says what what am I going to say um, you know all all people are grass uh, they're like the grass of the field the grass withers and the flower fades what what in the world am i going to say i'm a fading withering man speaking to fading and withering men and women what in the world am i going to say and then of course the god's response but the word of god stands forever um the, the word of god stands forever jesus christ crucified and risen that is a word which stands forever and and, and through that um you and i enter into life which is everlasting and that's what we want to celebrate uh, and give thanks for uh, at our service. And, and really, quite frankly, that's what we want to hold out to the people who will gather there. Um, uh, ab absolutely. This, um, 
uh, and I'll, I'll for the most part let you look through this, but um, you can see it gives a, lots of really helpful uh, um, na you know name of the clergy person um, to notify who's going to handle the ar arrangements. Um, all, all you know all sorts of things uh, in here. Really good, helpful. As I say, I have a tendency to run from these sorts of things, but it's really uh, this is really helpful and, again, a gift to the family, but more importantly, um, it, it, leads us to, it leads us to encounter Jesus uh, and, and the essential claims of, of Christianity, which, um, when we hear them, receive them, uh, contend with them, bring tremendous life um, to you and to me and tremendous hope uh, to you and to me. Um, Job, I know that my Redeemer liveth, uh, and that the latter day he shall stand upon the earth, and though this body be destroyed, yet shall I see God, whom I shall behold for myself, and not as a stranger. Um, uh, the, uh, any questions or comments before we go? I'm glad I got all this wrapped up for you all today. Um, you all are welcome um, for that. Um, <laughs> Oh, you know what? Why, why not? As a parting gift, uh, I thought about um, I've, so many of these. I've been this is one I've been rereading recently. Wendell Berry's Jaber Crow. Have any of y'all ever read this? Yeah, it's um, he's uh, it's it's uh, fantastic. He um, so anyway, he 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 says uh, he says this. Uh, I just read this recently. If you could do it, I suppose it would be a good idea to live your life in a straight line, <laughs> which, of course, none of us do, <laughs> to live your life in a straight line, starting, say, in the dark wood of error and proceeding by logical steps through hell and purgatory and into heaven. Or you could take the king's highway, past appropriately named dangers, toils, and snares, and finally cross the river of death and enter the celestial city. But that is not the way I have done it so far. I am a pilgrim. But my pilgrimage has been wandering and unmarked. Often what has looked like a straight line to me has been a circle or a doubling back. I've been in the dark wood of error any number of times. I've known something of hell, purgatory, and heaven, but not always in that order. The names of many snares and dangers have been made known to me, but I have seen them only in looking back. Often I have not known where I was going until I was already there. I've had my share of desires and goals, but my life has come to me, or I've gone to it mainly by way of mistakes and surprises. Often, I've received better than I have deserved. Often, my faintest hopes have rested on bad mistakes. I am an, I am an ignorant pilgrim crossing a dark valley, and yet for a long time, looking back, I've been unable to shake off the feeling that I have been led Make of that what you will. Uh, he's a Barry is a very quotable. Uh, it's a very well, at least to me, y'all. <laughs> uh, but just talking about you know uh, how how wonderfully uh, we are led as he's as he's writing this. He's uh, later in life and he's reflecting and he's looking back on the ways in which God has led him and he's beginning to contend with the you know the 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 length. Uh, of, of his days. As we think about this, uh, I do think it's not, 
macabre, but it really is a wonderful opportunity in, in reflecting and looking back and in looking forward uh, to see, although our life often is circuitous, uh, if at times it seems aimless and accidental, uh, and looking forward and looking back uh, to see the, the gracious providence of God actually with us uh, and actually leading us uh, and actually drawing us to himself. So let me offer a prayer as we, as we go forth. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, we thank you that though our, our days, at least on this earth, are numbered um, and not known to us, they're known to you. And we thank you that we are known to you as, as sheep, to a good and gracious shepherd. Uh, direct us uh, and guide us, most gracious God. Uh, walk with us and continually draw us, uh, draw us to you, uh, where we might see in you the fact of what you have promised and made known to us. Uh, that you are not distant or indifferent, that you have willingly, as our shepherd, laid down your life and taken it up again, uh, and that nothing, uh, even death itself, can snatch us from your hands. As we go forth, go with us, we pray uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.